Dr. C here. Before we begin, I'd like to make sure that you're aware that this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is a leading provider of online therapy, and they provide video, phone, or live chat sessions with a licensed professional therapist. It's affordable, and you can connect with your therapist within 48 hours. Now, as a special offer to our surviving narcissism listeners, they'll offer a 10% discount for your first month of professional therapy. All you have to do is go to betterhelp.com, that's betterhelp.com slash surviving narcissism podcast. I know that many of you would find online therapy to be quite life-changing, and so go to betterhelp.com slash surviving narcissism podcast, and many thanks to the people at BetterHelp for sponsoring our podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Surviving Narcissism Podcast with your host, Dr. Les Carter. I'm Michaela, the program director, and in today's episode, Dr. Carter is joined by Rebecca Zung to discuss the Slay Method and her new book, Slay the Bully. Hey, Team Healthy. Well, I have a, a guest with me today that's not a stranger at all to our Surviving Narcissism channel. Uh, I've got Rebecca Zoom all the way from Los Angeles area here with me today. Rebecca, it's so good to reunite with you this time again, and I, I, I appreciate you being on our program with us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are the best. I just think that you're amazing. So thank you so much. It's such uh, you're an honor. kind. And, and uh, coming from you, that's quite a compliment. I'll take it. Thank you so much. Now, you, I, I was telling you off air before we came on, uh, you've got a new book out and uh, I, I've seen the copy of it and I've read through it and I was blown away by it. Uh, this is an excellent book. And so uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say, just know that it's got my endorsement all the way. It's called Slay the Bully and uh, the subtitle, How to Negotiate with a Narcissist and Win. Now, for those who don't know who Rebecca is, you're a family law attorney out there in LA and you deal with a lot of high conflict cases, right? Yeah, well, I don't practice anymore, but I did. I, I practiced law for more than 20 years. I mean, I do all of my programs and, and everything that I do now full time, but I did practice for more than 20 years. I did high net worth divorce litigation for a long time. Yes. Yeah. And along with that, the high conflict that goes with it. And I'm sure you've met a narcissist or two along the way. Am I correct in saying that? Absolutely. Uh, there were more than more than a few slipped in there. That's for sure. <laughs> now, I, I want to get your comments on this and we're just going to dive in. I, I've got so many questions that I've drawn from your uh, comments in the book. But one of the things I mentioned to individuals is the, the best way to determine if somebody's a narcissist. Uh, and this, uh, once, once I say it, I think you'll agree with me is watch how they handle conflict. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Uh, or, uh, you know, just being questioned at all in life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one thing for them that some of them can already be pretty self-impressed and they don't leave a whole lot of question about that. But once you, uh, you corner that, uh, that narcissist and they know that there's a tension between you and them. Of course, narcissism is defined in part by a lack of empathy, and then also they've got those high, tight walls of defense, and that's not a good combination for any kind of healthy uh, interaction. When that conflict comes along, 
what do you notice uh, when you are uh, dealing with these individuals? Uh, what kind of reactions would you get when that narcissist thinks, hey, look, this is me we're talking about. I'm going to be in control. And you over there, you're trying to mess up my world. Just give me some thoughts that you have on that kind of scenario. There's so many, but I always say lion and denying projection and deflection are the. <laughs> okay, the say thing. that again. That was great. Lion and denying projection and deflection. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if that comes up in one of my videos, I'm going to say that I came up with it, but you'll know. (laughs) That's greatness. (laughs) I mean, those are, you know, that pretty much sums it up in in a quick bite right, right there. I mean, you know, it's. It, 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 it's never their fault that it's it's not them but you know it, it they they get extremely defensive it, it, it they have to um make sure that it's somebody else's fault or they lie about it or it, it's just it, it's a very triggering triggering thing for them no matter what it is and uh because they have such a fragile ego it's everything well and so they're fragile. they're so accustomed to, to being that person that has the final word um, one of the things that's mentioned in your book is how uh, they have this uh, delusional sense of their own powerfulness uh, and uh, having to be in total control. How does that play out when uh, when you're in that high conflict and you're trying to split things up with them? How, how does that play out? Yeah, I mean, I think what it, it would be very helpful to go back to this research that I I uncovered during my writing of the book. And for me, it was so, so illuminating. And I'm sure you already knew about this, but for me, it was really, really powerful to learn about the formation of a narcissist and how they, you know, became a narcissist in the first place. And how this all plays out, and that is that when they were children, they were they were exposed to a, a lot of trauma. You know, whether it was either emotional neglect or actual traumatic situations. And when we as humans are exposed to traumatic situations, we go into fight or flight, and so our our brains emit adrenaline or cortisol, you know, things like that to prepare us to, you know, and when that happens on a continuous basis, it can cause, it can cause damage to the limbic system of the brain in children. And so while they, they grow up and the prefrontal cortex part of their brain continues to develop that limbic system part of their brain does not. And so they have this arrested development and that is what is the narcissistic injury. And so when you are dealing with a narcissist, what happens is anything can trigger them. And whether it's an eye roll or a tone of voice, or anything that it doesn't have to be rational or reasonable to a rational or reasonable person. It is to them. And so whatever it is that triggers them, there's this phenomenon called splitting. 
And it, it literally is a trigger like this. You're either for them or against them. And when you are against them, you become public enemy number one. Now you're against them. And that, that limbic system part of their brain is triggered. And that is now what you are interacting with. You're interacting with that. And it, now you're not interacting with rational. You're not interacting with reasonable. You're interacting with that. And, and they will literally take themselves down to take you down. Yeah. And that's, that is the part to me that when I was an attorney, I actually didn't even understand this myself, but I, I witnessed it many times. I would see them like, burn their own business to the ground to, you know, prevent the wife from getting alimony. Mm -hmm. And I would think, why the hell are they doing that? That makes no <laughs> sense to me. Yeah. But now I see what was going on because they're not thinking with rational brains. They're thinking with that limbic system, part of their brain. When that, when that narcissistic rage is, 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 is looming about that's what you're dealing with. And I want to so say it was maybe 30 or 35 years ago that, that I first attended a, it was actually a weekend seminar uh, regarding trauma and uh, its impact on the personality and all. Uh, I don't know if you know a fellow named Norman Wright. He's there in the Southern uh, California area near where you are. Yeah. Uh, he's, he was significantly older than me, like 15, 20 years older than me. So he, he, uh, he may be up there, um, floating with the angels as far as I know, but uh, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful guy. And, and I ran across him in multiple times in, um, uh, different conferences, but he, he explained much of what you just said. And I remember sitting there listening to him and, and, uh, watching him kind of go through all of his, uh, charts and, uh, you know, uh, things in the brain and all it's like, this makes so much sense. Uh, in fact, one of the things that you even mentioned in the book is when, when you're dealing with somebody who's narcissistic, they don't think the same no. as non-narcissistic individuals, but you also mentioned they tend to follow patterns. Yes. Um, now, when you say that, I, I really wanted to get some elucidation from you on that. Uh, when you say that narcissists tend to follow patterns, what kind of things did you notice and would you begin to watch for once you became seasoned in this kind of issue? So they always start off the relationship extremely charming because they use these mirror neurons. So so they're actually, you know, it is, it's a, again, it's a survival technique. They've learned from the beginning to see what it is that you want. And so that's why they appear so perfect at the beginning, because they, they almost become you in a way they, they know exactly how to mold and form to overpower you and become exactly what it is that you want to see. And they don't even give you a chance to breathe almost. It's 40 emails a day. It's every minute of the, of every moment. The, the and classic this is, love bombing and they've got to get in tight with you. And typically these people tend to go fast too, don't they? Absolutely. Yes. Even, even if it's a professional relationship. And that's yeah. what I saw in my business partnership just a few years ago, which is how I ended up in this whole world of talking yeah, you about mentioned this. that in your book, uh, the, the slay the bully as well. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, it's all the time, all the time, all the time. And 
let's get to that next level. Let's lock you in Mm -hmm. as fast as possible because they want to take withdrawals as fast as possible. So you have the, uh, the beginning point where you have the love bombing. And then you mentioned, uh, they, they, uh, eventually here comes the whittling away at your confidence. And we call that the devaluing phase. What do you notice along those lines? Yes. And that's where all of a sudden, as soon as you get to that next level, it shuts off almost immediately. Immediately, you notice a shift. Once they lock you in, almost immediately, where did they go? No more emails, ghosting. Now you're suddenly needy. Now you're suddenly a pain in the neck to them. And, you know, it's, it's, you can't get them to do anything that they ask you ask them to do massive red flags lies you know everything's your fault it's such a huge shift almost immediately and but then if they sense that you're pulling away back to the love bombing again because it, yeah. it, all of a sudden it becomes this massive swing back and forth back and forth and that's Pretty much what it is for the rest uh, of the relationship. I remember a lady in my office, uh, we were talking about, I mean, she's charming, very pleasant and and friendly and all. And and, um, she was there with her partner and uh, we were talking about all sorts of different things. And I said something, to uh, to be honest, I don't remember what it was I was saying that that, uh, made her think that I was coming against her. And it was modest about, well, she did make some sense. What do you think about that? And she just uh, went into full on bully mode was pointing her finger at me and said, right. you are now on my doo-doo list, except she didn't oh. say it very politely and family program here and, <laughs> and just laid into me, you know, and it's like, okay, so here's the real colors come in. And, and of course she's thinking that's going to intimidate me. And it's like, all you're doing is educating me here. And, uh, but they'll, they'll come on in that real charming kind of way, but you're, you're only one false comment away or one controversial statement away from them just blowing. Yeah. So they love exactly. bomb and then they devalue and then they go into all this gaslighting and they discard you. You're a nobody. I mean, is that right. consistent with what you would see as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you could, you know, I gave the example in one of my videos this morning about how you can be in a team meeting and you can just disagree with something, you know, I, I don't, I don't agree with that perspective at a team meeting. And then all of a sudden boom, you on, on their, their bad list, yeah. that's it. You're against them. You're no longer for them. You know, now they're on the war path against you. Yeah. Forever. And the, you know, the, the interesting thing is, particularly if you're dealing with a covert narcissist, they can fool you for a pretty good while. Oh, yes. But something's going to happen. And like you say, you're dealing with them in the uh, in the uh, legal setting and all. And that's uh, that's very tenuous for them because they're not in total control. And that's when you're going to see it. So I, I want to get to your slay method here. But uh, before we do that, there were a couple of things that I wanted to run by you just to kind of get your thoughts. To me, there are uh, whenever you're dealing, whether we're talking about a divorce or some sort of breakup within a family or a business or friendship, there are two extremes that I would uh, concede uh, typically in these things coming about. 
One is that person can have a nasty, nasty temper, like that lady that was pointing her finger at me and it comes out in full force. Oh, yeah. Or the other is the exact opposite where they go into deep. And I, when I say deep, I mean deep, passive aggressive uh, oh, yeah. reactions where uh, they hold you in the utmost of contempt. You're not even worth uh, me looking at you or returning calls or emails or texts. So you have those two extremes. Yes. What have you noticed along those lines? Oh, I mean, I've seen both. And, and with the passive aggression, it's so, I, I mean, it's so difficult with a passive aggressive covert narcissist. In some ways, I think the coverts are worse for the victim because everybody else thinks they're so wonderful and so nice. And you think, well, no one's going to believe me. Everybody else is going to think that they're so amazing and, and I don't know what to do. And, and many times with a covert narcissist, they've started seeding people months and months and months of, in advance. You know, I'm so concerned about Susie and her dreams. Yeah, yeah. And that's the gaslighting. Right. Or or the or, or the, the lining up the flying monkeys. I'm just mm-hmm. so concerned you got it. about her. <laughs> yeah, I've got another person in mind, the same kind of thing The the husband, this is another woman, you tend to think of these as men, but uh, well, women can do it too. And the husband was just, I mean, he, he was peddling as hard as he could to try to be a nice guy and, and uh, maybe a little bit too hard. And her comment to all her friends and everybody down at the neighborhood or work or church or wherever, it's like, I'm so concerned about him. He's just not himself these days. And and of course, what she's doing is she's prepping her public, knowing that it's going to happen. Exactly. And that's what they do. They start prepping people. I'm so concerned about Dave, you know, I'm concerned about his drinking, you know, and Dave might be an alcoholic and, you know, Dave probably has no problems with alcohol whatsoever. But then when (laughs) it comes time to, you know, for custody, well, I've been telling you that Dave has problems with drinking. Yeah, you know. I mean, so, will you testify for me? You know, well, she's yeah. been saying that he has a problem. You know, and so everybody thinks that Dave might have a problem with alcohol, but he probably has no problem with alcohol. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you're easily manipulated, then uh, you know you can be you can be putty in that person's hands. Uh, you want to hear a, a a lawyer story that I had? Uh, th- this is multiple years ago in in the Dallas area. There's this uh, really top dog uh, uh, law firm. And uh, in this case, the uh, the wife had been um, uh, treated for depression. She actually had to go to the hospital for a while. And then I worked with her for quite some time after she came out of the hospital. And the husband was just this uh, narcissism with a capital N, just uh, uber controlling and uh, uh, just beyond obnoxious. And so finally they they divorce and he wanted to make her the problem because you see, she had to go to the hospital. Of course, I knew the reason she went to the hospital because she was, he was such a, a difficult jerk. And then yeah. on top of it, she was doing the right thing. She was getting help. And so they, they wound up calling me and putting me on the witness stand. Now, 
Uh, actually, I, I knew the judge, uh, and uh, it, it's long story. Um, but the uh, the attorney for the husband just kept trying to get me to say how terrible of a person she was, and I was explaining to uh, to that attorney and to the uh, the people in the jury box, uh, you know, she was doing the right thing. And, uh, and sometimes when you have difficulty, uh, it uh, gives you a setback, but then uh, when it's managed properly, it gives you a chance to grow and heal and move forward, which is exactly what she was doing. Well, this attorney just wasn't having it. And he was trying to bully me on the, the witness stand. And I, I started with the assumption, <clears throat> I know more about this than you do. Because uh, uh, you're over there, you you studied law, you know more about law, but I know more about psychology. And so go ahead and ask me your questions. And he kept trying to get me to say things <clears throat> that I wasn't willing to say. And finally, the judge looked at the attorney and said, um, you're going to need to move on to the attorney. Uh, Dr. Carter's doing everything he can to answer your questions reasonably. He's doing a good job. So why don't we just keep moving forward? And I want to say thank <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but, but, you know, they, uh, the, the narcissist wants to bully you. They want to bring an attorney that wants to bully you. And if you're not in a calm and steady and confident place, they can plow you under. On our website, survivingnarcissism.tv, we offer various courses. One of them is entitled, This is Me, Establishing Boundaries Despite the Controllers in Your Life. Inside each of my courses, I break it down into modules, and then each module consists of various lessons that have a video, written materials, and questions for personal reflection. And inside This Is Me, we talk about uh, defining who you want to be and then staying inside that definition. We discuss assertiveness skills, how to stay strong without being defensive. If you would be interested in, in enrolling in this course or any of the others that we have, go to our website, click the courses link, and you'll receive all the information for how you can enroll. I hope you would find them to be quite helpful. And now back to Surviving Narcissism with Dr. Carter. One of the things you talk about is you have to prepare your mind uh, and your emotions uh, in such a way, knowing that that's going to be the case. And, uh, and you, and of course I was the, uh, the, the therapist, I wasn't the wife on the witness stand cause she had a whole lot to, to win or lose based on this. But when, when you are talking to somebody about the need to get your head right and get your emotions, right. What kind of things do you help them focus on to go into that space? Yeah, I think it is so important to do like, I almost call it strength training yeah. because, you know, and you have an excellent what, part in your book that goes into this. Yes, because, you know, when you're dealing with a narcissist and so many people don't realize this, and, and this is why I, I, I spend a whole lot of time in the book before I even get to the slay method right. of talking about not only what is a narcissist, but what has, uh, you know, talking about the person that has been dealing with the narcissist, because the person that has been dealing with a narcissist has CPTSD, which is a different form of PTSD. It's complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which is, you know, not to take away over from PTSD at, at all, but yes, it's over and over and over. It's many, many years of, right. of having to deal with this, where this person has probably many physical problems and, and also the mental issues that go along with that. 
the the brain fog, the cognitive dissonance, the the you know you cannot think straight many times, and and so I I I say all of that because when you've been potentially in a relationship, whether it's professional or personal, with a narcissist, it's just you know, you have to have a whole lot of self-care for one thing. You have to forgive yourself for for another. And and then you're going to just have to have some things that you can do to prepare yourself as you're going into this negotiation so that you can pivot your mind, you know, as you're going through this. And so what can you think of? I know for me, when I was realizing, when I realized I was going into, um, when I realized I was in a relationship with the narcissistic business partner, I realized every moment that I was giving this person, I was in victim mode and not in creation mode. So I, I was like, I cannot allow this anymore. I had to make a decision that, I'm not giving this person any more space. So I had to have something I was going to pivot my mind to. And, and it was, you know, writing my, my new book. And, and so, you know, what are you going to pivot your mind to having a support group, having, you know, a gratitude journal, having somatic breath uh, exercises that you can do having you know, so many different things. I give a, a lot yeah. of different things in the book. You know, it, they, as you're saying, there's a, there's a twofold process. You have to, first of all, know who that narcissist is. And as much as they try to project themselves as being the, uh, the person to be reckoned with, so to speak, uh, it's like, no, nah, that's a little boy or a little girl in there that's uh, flexing their muscles a little bit too much. You need to know what's going on with them uh, and, and be objective about it. But then you also need to know what's going on inside yourself. Uh, I, I, I had two very recent videos that I did because I try to give that side of it. One is uh, uh, is is about uh, rethinking a narcissist's shame messages and uh, reminding yourself of, of all the stuff that they tried to teach you and how it was coming from a wrong place and you need to replace it with uh, much healthier. And then another is uh, moving away from the narcissist's lack of respect and learning how to have respect for yourself. And so that's so much of what you're talking about there. Um, and so it, and, and I know that, uh, from having read your book, that that's how you would prep some, prep some of your clientele, getting their head in the right place. Let's move to that slay method. Now it S L a Y each one of those stands for something. Uh, give us the, the, uh, the connotation of S L a Y, and then let's kind of walk through each one of those four steps. Yes. Thank you. So slay stands for strategy, leverage, anticipate. And then the why is you. And so it's slay your negotiation with a narcissist. And S is strategy and developing a super strong strategy. And then L is leverage and having creating invincible leverage. It's going to motivate and squeeze that narcissist into wanting to come to a resolution with you. And then A is anticipating what they're going to do and being two steps ahead of them. And then why is focusing on you, your powerful mindset, and and also you being on the offensive. Can, can you give me an illustration, give our uh, audience an illustration of uh, maybe a case where uh, kind of you did that 
S-L-A-Y and how that played out and how you walked a person through that? Yes. So uh, I have so many different ones, my goodness. But I had a case, actually, um, trying to think which one is going to be like the best one to give you. But I have a case. Actually, there was a I just literally put this podcast up recently. I had I had recorded the podcast a couple of years ago, but I wanted to I was sort of saving it to to put up and and maybe almost do a dear John like Netflix style sort of a thing. But I, I recently just went ahead and published it because the, the the story is in my book. But this was a crazy case. I mean, crazy case. This guy was, he had, his mother was actually the malignant narcissist. And his wife was also a narcissist. And he really didn't believe that he could win anything. So he, he was spent. He was spent and he had two children and really believed, you know, it kind of started off where I th kind of thought maybe he was the narcissist, but, you know, he, he didn't believe that he could win for a long time. But then, you know, I mean, he spent, he was wrongfully in jail twice, uh, you know, his, um, he had restraining orders against him. He, there was a crooked prosecutor involved. There was, I mean, his mother had paid a, a, a private investigator. The private investigator ended up sleeping with his soon to be ex wife and wrongfully had him violated on the on the restraining order, which was wrong to begin with. The, the, the wife's attorney died in the middle of the proceedings. Oh so you're talking with a capital S. Man, it was lying. so crazy, this whole thing. And I mean, at one point he just said to me, I I'm giving up. I'm I'm not going to do this. And, you know, I just don't believe that I can win. And I just said, okay, you know what? I I and he's like, I think I need another lawyer. And I just, I said to him, let me know where to send your file. I just said, let me know where to send your file. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I said, if you don't believe you can win, nobody can help you. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody can help you. And so, you know, I said, you need to create a strategy where you know exactly what you want. So, you know, a strategy, meaning create your vision. What is it that you want? What is it that you want? So that's a strategy, you know, What's your vision? Where What do you want? Where, where do you want to go? Okay. Right. And then figure out then where then your leverage point is. Create that your has. action steps. And then your, your, <clears throat> your leverage is create a, uh, your, your leverage is, is that diamond level supply. What is more important for them to keep than the supply that they get from manipulating you? Okay. So that diamond level supply money is, or access to kids or, or what, it, how they look in the, in the, in the community. Yeah. In his particular case, his father was a, a general surgeon, a, a surgeon in the community. His mother 
uh, standing in the community. And she prided herself on that. And really what had happened was that his father had had an affair and his mother was trying to get the kids away from both of them mm -hmm. and thought that that would save her marriage. And, and that was why she was helping the ex-wife. And she thought that somehow if she got the kids to the ex-wife, that she would be able to keep the kids for herself. And somehow that would save the marriage. Yeah, yeah. So very warped, right? And so, and my client was a very successful restaurateur. He owned two restaurants in, in the area where we lived. And he was not having this, right? She tried to get my client's ex, I mean, my client's girlfriend deported. I mean, it was crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so at the end of the day, he, so we, we almost exposed her to the community. We ended up going to trial on this thing. And now remember, the mother was not, a party to the case the mother was not a party to the case so we really couldn't get the judge to order anything with regard to the mother okay we could only get the judge to order something as to the parties but i got a, a custody evaluation done and the custody evaluator said this mother is basically like a godfather to yeah. the family and was trying to like manipulate and, all these and parties. And I've seen so many cases of that nature. Exactly. Yeah. Kind and trained, so trained the daughter in this case to be the junior godfather, if you will. Yes. Yes. And so, I mean, it was wild, crazy stuff, but at the end of the day, we ended up winning everything. He ended up getting custody of the kids. He got ultimate decision-making authority. And, you know, it was the, the final judgment actually said that the parties were ordered to not let the mother see the children without supervision yeah. okay. and for a year, for a year. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the questions I have written down here that I wanted to ask, and you're kind of answering it in your own way, and that is, what's the greatest hurdle that your clients would have to overcome when they're dealing with these high-conflict situations? And what I just heard you describe is you had a, a husband who had just been so browbeaten and worn down and all the rest that it's like, I can't do this. Uh, I don't have it in me. And one of the things I tell folks is narcissists win if they can drain you of who you are and fill you with who they are. And so along comes Rebecca Zung and uh, it's like, well, we're not going to let that happen. And so you are modeling your own sense of boundaries, your own sense of, I call it calm confidence, the, the firmness that's there. And you're inviting this client of yours to come along with you saying, we can do this. Uh, that person doesn't have to have the final word in your life. Let's move forward. And apparently he, uh, obviously he stayed with you and uh, you didn't have to send the file somewhere else. 
And it's so essential. And you you said just a few minutes ago, you need to have a support base. You need to have people that believe in you and remind you what uh, your grounding is. Because uh, we're getting real low on time here, uh, Rebecca. But uh, talk to us about the uh, the essential nature of that. Uh, learning how to believe in yourself, despite what that bully wants you to think contrary to that. Yes. I mean, I always say they only win if you give in. And, you know, I mean, their power is all based on counterfeit power. It's not authentic power. And, you know, it's just their fragile ego wanting to have control over you. And I always use the analogy of the Wizard of Oz, you know, how the Glinda the Good Witch says, you always had the power, you just had to believe it for yourself. And, you know, you have the power. You are so much more powerful than they are. They yeah. just don't want you to believe that. They don't want you to know that. And they're way more afraid of you than you are of them. They wouldn't attach themselves to you if you didn't have so much value. And they are just so afraid that you're ever going to figure that out. They're desperately afraid of being abandoned and that you're going to figure out that the whole jig is up over here. Well, and and that's so essential for people to understand that because they are desperately fear-based. They're desperately insecure. And all of that other blustery stuff is a cover. So uh, now we, we could just, this. <laughs> I was telling my wife, you know, that, that I was going to be doing this interview. And I said, you know, this is one of these, I could go for several hours on this one. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to say, well, that being the case, you're just going to need to buy Rebecca's book. Uh, oh, thank you. It's called Slay the Bully. Now, the, the uh, you have a release date of October 3rd and a pre-release date of September the 30th, right? Is there anything you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so September 30th is the virtual launch. You can come to uh, see us on uh, go to slay the bully launch.com. Okay. And if you bring five of your friends, you get two previously unpublished chapters of the book and it's going to be so much fun. So slay the bully okay. launch.com. And then, um, you can buy the book at slay the bully book.com as well. So, so excited well, not to brag, but I've already seen all the chapters. So I, I, I got more than two yes. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, it, it, uh, and I'm not just saying this to make you feel good, Rebecca, but although I hope it does, uh, it's a great book. Yes. And as somebody that's worked with these kind of cases for over 40 years and uh, listened to all these stories, I, you and I could probably just sit down on a Friday evening and just uh, say, well, let me tell you a story. And you'd say, well, let me tell you one that matches that. We could go on and on with that one, but it's out there. It's real. But as you say, and as I say, uh, we don't have to so capitulate to them that we lose ourselves. And that's what, uh, that's what we're here for. That's what we're trying to do out there with our public, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much. I really appreciate um, everything you're saying. Uh, about Re it Rebecca, you're one of the good guys out there. And I, I so appreciate the work you do. Obviously I follow you on your YouTube channel and uh, your books and writings and all of that. Uh, it's such an honor to have you here with us here today. And I know that our audience is uh, is thrilled that you're over here on, on this side of the, the page with us. And I don't want this to be the last time that we talk too. Okay. Absolutely. No, I, I love having you on my shows too. So yeah. this is absolutely not. It's, it only helps both of our audiences for us to, there you to go. talk to each other. So well, Rebecca so Zoom, uh, we're going to slay that bully. And uh, I, I wish you nothing but huge success with the release of this book too. 
Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you so much. Thanks for being much. with us. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Surviving Narcissism is the product of many years of work done by Dr. Les Carter. Dr. Carter is a best-selling author and therapist with more than 40 years of experience, specializing in anger management and narcissistic personality disorder. You can find more content from Dr. Carter on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Surviving Narcissism, as well as on his website, survivingnarcissism.tv. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We are so glad to have you on Team Healthy.